gardening is really mostly about tending your soil more than your plants. Just take care of your soil and then good things will grow. Welcome to the Habit Podcast, conversations with writers about writing. I'm Jonathan Rogers, your host. Christy Purifoy is a writer and a gardener committed to growing flowers and growing community and cultivating beauty. Her newest book is Garden Maker, Growing a Life of Beauty and Wonder with Flowers. She's also the host of the Black Barn Garden Club, an online community for aspiring gardeners. Christy Purifoy, I'm so glad to have you on the Habit Podcast today. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. I, I wish we, we've already launched into such a great talk. I almost wish we'd hit the recording button earlier. You're a yeah, lot of right. fun to talk well, to. <laughs> that's how it goes. You got, you got to give people freedom to say whatever they need to say. That's right. Uh, so it is February. It's mid-February. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, this is this episode is going to release just a few days from the day we're recording. Great. Um, and so... Uh, you're a gardener. You're very much a gardener. I am a very novice gardener. Um, but uh, February, as it turns out, is a really fun time to be a gardener. It is. There's a lot that starts happening this month. Yeah. Every, yeah. It, it has really changed my way of thinking about winter and the, and the, the cycles of the year to, to oh, absolutely. have a garden. I mean, th- this is usually yeah. the time of year that I'm really, really down and, and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, February. So, I mean, you know, my friend Greg Wilbur at New College Franklin, he's always telling us, advising students, don't make any big decisions in February. Oh, in February. It's so true. Yeah. yeah February is a hard month and gardening changes that. And I'm always it telling really people does. gardens begin in winter. Like that's when they begin. It has even changed how I feel about January because January is when all the seed catalogs and plant catalogs come. So it's, yeah. it's even helped with January. It just helps with the whole winter. March is a little hard. Like I, cause I, now I'm really ready to go, but you still have uh-huh. to hold back. Right. But yeah, right. Yeah, it helps. It changes. Yeah. Well, um, I love the way you talk about gardening in your new book, Garden Maker. Um, and I guess where I want to start is is you talk about gardening as being a garden is something that we tend rather than something we create. Um, and I think that's such a helpful reminder with regard not just to gardening but to all creative work. Yeah. Um, the extent to which we are just tending what we've been given. I mean, it's, it's a little daunting to think of, even though, you know, that word creative, we think of, you know, creation ex nihilo. Like, right. you can do whatever you want to do. And the truth is, we can't do whatever we want to do, even in as storytellers, for instance, there's a right. limit. <laughs> right. And, and I love the way gardening in its, lo- in its locality um, helps us to embrace our limits and expand our limits and... You know, you talk about gardening as a, as a matter of vision and of desire, and yet that vision and desire is somewhat limited by the fact that the soil can do some things and can't do other things. It's so true. And you're reminding me that for most of my life, until I was, you know, well into adulthood, I I didn't believe I could be a writer because that meant to, I imagined that that meant the kind of person who could just sit down and rattle off a great bedtime story to their child, mm-hmm. just make it up out of thin air. So that, that sense of creating out of nothing, I thought that's what it was. I thought that's what creativity was. And I knew 
that's terrifying. I can't do that. You know, my kids ask me for a story and I have to reach for a book. Like I can't just pull it out of my head. Mm-hmm. So gardening, I think is, is similar. If Until I became more familiar with it, until I sort of tiptoed in, I think it felt the same. My first garden was a shared plot in a community garden in Chicago on the South side. So uh-huh. like a vac- vacant lot that was a community garden. And I remember being really afraid of that too. It just seemed like, what in the world am I going to do with this mound of dirt? Like it could be mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. But the really freeing thing is to discover the limits you're working with. And so for me as a writer, it was about realizing, oh, I'm an observer. I'm a noticer. Just write down what I'm, what I'm seeing. Just write yeah. down what I'm seeing and then, and then connect the dots and tell a story that way. So that was so freeing. And, and the gardening has, has been really a similar journey. It's, it comes back to like paying attention, seeing, listening, because you can't just do whatever you want. And it turns out that's, that's good news. That's helpful. Yeah. We create better art, I think, <laughs> when, we, when we accept that and we work, we work within that. Yeah. Um, the, tell me about what you've, what you've learned like in your in your patch of ground there in Pennsylvania, in, uh, yeah, yeah, southeastern Pennsylvania, yeah. Um, like, what are some things you thought you could do that turns out you couldn't, or or things you didn't know you could do that turns out you could? Yeah, you know, I as someone who like a beauty lover, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I love beauty. That's just kind of you know my thing in life, and it can lead to almost a kind of greediness for beauty. Uh, And so being rooted in a place that is just what it is, I will often, less so now, but more when I started, bump up against things I wanted like, oh, wouldn't it be great to have a beautiful little creek burbling through here? Uh, Or wouldn't it be great to plant some of the thirstier trees like a sycamore or willow? Well, I live live more on a little hilltop, a kind of Uh rise. And so we get plenty of rainfall here, but but my spot is going to be a little drier, drain a little uh-huh. more quickly than than if I had that kind of creek bottom, you know, land, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so to to just be able to honestly say, like, okay, that's beautiful, but that that isn't what I've been given to tend. This mm-hmm. is what I've been given to tend. What yeah. kind of beauty wants to grow here? And yeah, I still sometimes dream about the willow tree and the sycamore tree and yeah. you know the 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 milkweed for the monarchs that you know, but I yeah. don't really have a good spot for that. You know, I still am sort of distra- distracted might might be the word sometimes for those things. But learning to like appreciate those where they live, to go visit the sycamore tree down the street, uh-huh. um, yeah. to admire my neighbor's willow tree, and then to yeah. say, but what is needed here? What wants to grow here? And then to to steward that. So it, I think that's what I mean with with the tending. Mm-hmm. But there's there's so much there is still so much creation that happens. Like there still is so much possibility. And, uh, and that's really fun, but it's amazing to plant a garden, plant it, set things out and then be surprised by what results. And I always think, why am I surprised? I planted those seeds mm-hmm. and yet it is still such a delight and such a surprise. And it feels like, like a gift I did nothing to deserve. And yet mm-hmm. I was participating, but yeah. And then it's almost like there's like some worship involved. Like, I just, I feel so humbled by the gift of this garden, even though I was involved, but I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's just a, it's just a crazy thing when spring comes and I just think, where did all this beauty come from? I am not worthy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, I, I also love the the things that I forgot we had planted yes. two or three years ago oh, that didn't do well. And now for whatever reason this year, yes. it's going nuts. Yeah. Sometimes things need a couple of years to settle in and get their feet. And it's wonderful when you think they've failed and they're gone and then they surprise you. Oh, it's the best thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but, but um, this is, this all feels like, like grace. Um, yeah. Oh, it is. And it is. it's, it is a, um, a way to participate. A way to participate. Exactly. A way to join the chorus, a way to be involved. It's so great that like our creator God, like instilled that in us and invites us into it. You know, that gardens don't just happen. Um, I'm going to share, like, there's a little thing. It used to be more of a pet peeve for me. It's less of a pet peeve now. I like, I so get it, but I think it's a missed opportunity. When I first started gardening and I would share photos online or, you know, share kind of beauty from the garden, um, people would often respond with something like, oh, isn't our creator amazing? Doesn't he make beautiful things? And, <laughs> and this is true. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> I too give honor to God, you know, glory <laughs> to God. But a part of me wanted to say, well, you know, I, I chose that rose bush and I put the compost around it and I pruned it. And, and so I, I'm, I'm in this story too, right? Yeah, right. And I don't think that's a prideful thing. I think it's like part of the joy is like, hey, yes, our God is an amazing creator. And he says, it's going to be even better if you get involved too. It's going to yeah. be even better if we do this together. And I, 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 that makes me think of Jesus calling us his friend. Like, hey, you're my friend. Let's garden together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the elements of the Lord's Supper are not yes. water and wheat. It's, it's, right. a, it's human culture, bread right. and, and exactly. wine. Exactly. That's so important. Isn't that incredible that he, he like nourishes us and feeds us with like the work of our own hands. It's uh, so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we're, I mean, we've talked to, we've talked about the limitations that you enter into in gardening. And you also talked about the, the participation um, in the, in the act of grace that is, that is gardening. Um, I'm also interested in the idea that, I mean, I think I've already said this, you, you speak of gardening as a matter of vision and a matter of, of desire. Yeah. And us steering the created order toward our desire um, and our vision. Any more to say about that? Yeah, it's it's a beautiful, complicated thing because we get things wrong. We're just human, you know. We want to achieve something. We have a goal, and uh, but there's so much we don't know. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> so I'm very aware, like that humility in the garden of knowing, like, I have a vision for this place. I feel like I've seen some beautiful pictures in my head and I'm going to try this, but it, it might be exactly the wrong thing. So there's yeah. this, this kind of give and take between like this optimistic, dreaming, visionary and knowing like it's that, that has to be worked out, you know, in mm. the soil, in the creative process and that, um, and that there will be frustrations and disappointments along the way. And, and I'll say as well, it, if anyone listening, like if you too are that kind of visionary, like you see a great novel, you see, you can just imagine a song. You can't quite hear all the notes, but you're like, mm. oh, if I just work, I can, I can get that song down. Um, it's such a 
great experience, but it's also, I have felt like a, it can be a burden to live with. I've had to learn mm. to live in a place where I'm constantly seeing things that could be made more beautiful, more lush. You know, I, I, oh, I could put a garden here. I could plant a tree there. Like I'm always seeing these things and I'm kind of, ex, it's an exercise too. Like I'm exercising that imagination and that mm. vision. And then I have to keep living my life in in the place that doesn't yet have that tree and uh, hasn't yeah. quite realized that that perfect garden and 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 that that hurts sometimes it's uh, like a it's a kind of painful tug of war and i feel like a yeah. lot of artists especially writers i know you know they're they're that that novel in their head or that you know that mm-hmm. that poem that they just can't quite quite haven't quite got down on paper like it lives it lives in their head and it it's it's doing great work to draw them on, uh-huh. but you've got to kind of live with this almost like holy dissatisfaction day to day, right? And, and yeah. peace and contentment and stillness, even so, there is this not quite completed thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I was reading your book, I was thinking about, you know, in my own yard, it's, it's, it's so shady and so lovely these big mature you know something like a hundred and something trees on my in my yard big trees wow and which also means i can't it's really hard to grow tomatoes yeah and sometimes i think boy it would be nice to cut down some of these trees and grow tomatoes and 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 what's i guess i we we can get it in our head i've got this vision i can get so focused on this vision Mm-hmm. that I can trade in what's the, the truth is to, to trade a, um, you know, an ash tree for a tomato vine may not right. in the big picture may not be a, a, a good thing to do. <laughs> it's um, so true. Yeah. And yeah. it's tempting just to impose my will on, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I, I actually own a chainsaw and I could cut down yeah. some of these trees and plant tomatoes. And then I think I would immediately, not maybe, maybe not immediately. I would I would be sorry. Yeah. Because I was so intent on I, I got to yeah. make this happen the way I, the way I the way I see this. Yeah. Oh, it's Whereas so, so there's true. some really beautiful things that are already happening. Yeah. And if I can align myself with what's already happening here. Yeah. And get yeah. my tomato somewhere else. Yeah. And I think you know that happens in like we could talk about like the big ways that that happens. Like that's a big thing, a big experience. And I have found in writing, it's also in the in the a smaller experience. I I had the experience just recently where um, I uh, was invited to to submit an idea for an essay for a book, and and I knew that what was wanted was something fun and whimsical. And I made a proposal. I thought, oh, this sounds good. This sounds good. And as I started kind of jotting down the first notes, I realized, oh, the details in this story are going to take this in a harder, mm. darker yeah. place. And and I had a I had to sit there for a minute and think, do I force this to be the fun whimsical thing I thought it was going to be, or do I write this essay that is starting to kind of show itself to me? I'm still not exactly sure how that's going to work out in uh-huh. terms of this book. Yeah, but I, I feel myself sort of saying, okay, maybe this is the thing that needs to be written, and I'm a little. I'm both excited about it because there's totally a story there, but I'm also a little bummed. Like, oh, I kind of thought I had an idea for something fun, and this is going to be, this is going to be more serious. Maybe uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe it'll end up being a weaving of the two, but but realizing the material is telling me something, and I kind of have a choice now: do I go in that mm-hmm. direction, or do I, like you said, impose my will, do the thing as I first imagined it? 
I, I, I'm pretty sure if I listen, if I mm-hmm. submit almost to, to the details, it's probably going to be a better essay. Um, but it's not going to be the one I said I wanted to write when I started. And yeah. this is so true of gardens as well, of places and of our caring for places. That's, that's yeah, that's great. I love it. Um, okay, I want to talk about another idea from your book that really captured my imagination. And you pointed out that weeding, not my favorite part of gardening, <laughs> but one of the great things about weeding is it gets you down close to the ground where you can see what's actually going on and you see beauties yeah. you didn't know. Mm-hmm. I thought I was down here to get some crabgrass up and then I notice how this particular root system is working or I notice, yeah. or maybe I notice another problem that's more serious than the yeah. crabgrass mm-hmm. or maybe I just understand a little bit more what's going on here. And I, I love mm-hmm. that, that insight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it took me years to get there. I don't, I don't love weeding either. I mean, sometimes a good weeding session can be kind of a meditative activity. You know, you just yeah. get into it sometimes, but when it's like 90 degrees and humid and things are taking out, like it's, you know, it, it can be a real misery, but you, you, you gotta do it. You keep getting back out there. And over the years, I started to realize that when I would think of my garden or I would think of, you know, that kind of vision where, okay, what am I doing next? What do I want to add? my memories of the garden were often those views I had when I was down on my knees, literally. Uh I I now have a little kneeling pad. I find that helps. Um, But like when I was down on my knees, the things I was seeing or noticing are so, so so now my, my, let's call it my winter memory of the garden, you know, right. My Uh like thinking over, you know, the last growing season, I wasn't just seeing images of like me above my garden or me sort of sitting in my garden or me, you know, just walking by my garden. But I'm seeing these pictures that I know are like, oh, that's that's what it's like when you're down on your knees in your garden and you're you're appreciating things. So, you know, there's plants that are special to me because I spend a lot of time with them because they're like the low lying, you know, yeah. ground cover things that I I see a lot as I'm, yeah. you know, as I'm weeding. Um and it's it's funny that we have that metaphor like in what is it like in amongst the weeds and you can't yeah, yeah you know it's almost like that's a place where you can't see you can't you don't know yeah. what's out there yeah. but weirdly it doesn't work that way in the garden it's actually a place where like now you've zoomed in now you're focused you're and you're so focused because you yeah. are and, and I'll just say as well for most of us in like our landscape type garden you just got to get down and hand pull it like there is not like you just got to do it um, yeah. and so that means you are like with your fingers and your eyeballs, like you are like zoomed in to notice the wonders. Yes. Also to see the problems before they become overwhelming. Uh And I think to be made small in that way in Mm -hmm. your own garden uh, is kind of a a cool thing as well. Um, So I'll admit it doesn't make me like, yay, I get to go out and weed again, right? It's still an effort. It's still work, but I've seen the benefits. There are so many things I wouldn't have noticed or caught in my garden if I hadn't yeah. been down on my knees. Yeah. Well, you know, as I was, as I was thinking about what you were saying about weeding, I also was thinking about um, self-editing, like going through a, a piece of writing yeah. and you think you're going in there to fix uh, a comma <laughs> splice. Right. And you get in the sentence and you, and you start, when you start to fix, you think, Oh, now I oh. see what this sentence needs, right? Yeah. I thought I thought yeah. I needed to to find a better word to stick in or to to replace 
a, yes. the word. And what it really needs is, you know, once you fix it, you realize, oh, that's still flat. Right. And then you do something else. I'm like, okay, now, and that's what I love about, about editing. Oh, that's it's, such a good analogy. It's so true. Or you think, oh, that's a minor fix and you go in and you make it. And yeah, you realize, oh no, like the concept isn't even work. Like I've got to do some more thinking here. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you hadn't gone in, you hadn't slowed down enough to go mm-hmm. in and fiddle with the comma, you wouldn't, yeah, you, that'd be like that missed opportunity. Yeah. 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 So, so I guess one way that works out is so often the solution to a, to a sentence level problem is to break the sentence into two. Uh-huh. And then when you break it into two, you've got two sentences that don't quite do what they're supposed to do. Right. And then you fix both sentences and now suddenly something new has flowered yeah. to, to oh, continue. That's good. With. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so I, I just think that's so, uh, it, the more I think about gardening and writing, it's, it's such a great, gardening yeah. is such a great activity for, yeah. for people who do other kinds of creative work. I think so. And you know, like on that note, I think especially um, the thing I especially appreciate about it is that it's such physical embodied yeah. creativity. Uh-huh. And I'm not, I'm not a singer. I'm not a musician. I'm not a dancer. So I haven't had a lot of experience in my life of this. I'm not a painter. Like I like using my physical self beyond just typing. I'm thankfully uh-huh. a pretty fast typist, but <laughs> I, I, but my creativity has often just been a thing that lives in my head. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. I'm a thinker. It's I like spending time in my head, but to have a way to be creative that just pulls me right out of my and gardening has its head moments too. I spend winter planning, yeah, right. dreaming, right? It has that yeah. too. But at least in the the growing season, it you're you're you stop thinking often and you just start work start working um, just with your physical self. And so I have found actually it's a really good like if I'm right working on projects in the summer, it is so nice to be able to sit down my computer, write for a while, and then go out in the garden and not think and just like yeah. sort of create in a whole other way. They just fit really well together. I feel really grateful that these are the things that have been given to me to do and they they feel like a really good match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, one experience I've had with, with gardening is, is just having a new relationship with failure. Oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, and I love the way you, you talk about, um, dahlias uh, and, and you know that, that your first exposure to dahlias was a was a Martha Stewart magazine. Yeah, Martha yeah. Stewart is friends with Snoop Dogg. Apparently, did you know this? I did know this. I have been uh, reading Martha Stewart magazine for many years. <laughs> does, does Snoop make an appearance in Martha Stewart magazine? I think so. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. I, he also went to high odd. school with with uh, Cameron Diaz. Oh, I Snoop didn't know that. Oh, yeah. how int- what a what an interesting senior class that must. Be <laughs> yeah, good. I don't think they're the same class, but, <laughs> okay. but uh, yeah, same. same anyway, Funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have yeah, one more Snoop anecdote, but I'm going to resist. I'm not going to tell it. <laughs> um, the and then I've exhausted my knowledge about about Snoop. <laughs> but anyway, um, oh, Martha Stewart dies. Right? Yes. Yeah. Dahlias, Dahlias. How do you say it? I say Dahlias. It's like many a writer. I read words more than I hear them spoken. So who knows? But I say Dahlias. And uh, I I have such a vivid memory of reading. So when I lived, again, when I lived in Chicago and I just had this little summer plot where I grew a few tomatoes with friends, I was 
at that time, a subscriber to Martha Stewart Living Magazine. Mm-hmm. This was before you could get your fix on Pinterest or things yeah. like that. So I looked forward to this every month, except the month of March was always dedicated, the whole issue to gardening. And huh. every time that came, I was disappointed because mm-hmm. I lived in this city apartment. I, I just did this little plot in the summer. I didn't think of myself as a gardener. And the whole magazine now was going to be about gardening. And so I'd be a little bit bummed every time, but I would still read it. And I read this article about this about growing dahlias. And I, rem- I vividly remember like reading the article with sort of a growing horror and fascination <laughs> that people would work so hard to get these perfect dahlia flower heads. And I remember turning the last page and thinking... And I think there was probably, there must have been at that time something of knowing like, well, someday I won't necessarily live in a city apartment. Maybe I'll have a garden of my own. And it, I felt relief knowing, well, I, I know at least I will never worry about growing dahlias. That's clearly not for me. Ow, how wrong I was. <laughs> <laughs> so wrong. And uh, yeah, we moved to this, this farmhouse in Pennsylvania started growing vegetables, slowly flowers started creeping in as I realized, oh my gosh, the thing I'm really hungry for, it's not so much the tomatoes, although I do still love the tomatoes. It's definitely not the zucchini. It's beauty. I'm just hungry for beauty. I just want to fill my life with beauty and I can grow flowers. And so I started growing more and more flowers and that's when the dahlias came back in. And the thing that, that, that changed everything for me is hearing, reading another um, homeowner gardener write about growing dahlias herself. And she said, okay, everybody tells you, you have to dig them up every year. You have to store the tubers. You have to do this. You have to do that. Well, just, if you don't want to, don't do it. And then maybe they'll come back. Maybe they won't, but you know, you could always plant new ones. And it was like, she, she just freed me up to try. She freed me up to play and I tried and I played and I was hooked. And now I have like, it's like all dahlias around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I love that, that insight. Just try it. See what happens. Just, just like try you, it. You don't want to, yeah. you don't want to do the, the Martha Stewart perfectionist way, the, the perfectionist yeah. way that kept you from right. doing it at all. Right. Don't do it. Yeah. Just, just, just try. try. It, yeah. It, yeah. As you said, as I, as I said earlier, it changes your relationship to failure. It totally yeah. does. It totally, it, yeah. I mean, now I, it's like it's not <clears> something to be like avoided at all costs. It's not a mark of shame. Um, there have been years where, so I, I do most years dig up my dahlias, and some years I just haven't gotten to it. Life's gotten in the way, and mm-hmm. some of them came back, most of them didn't, and I just I ordered new tubers. Like it wasn't yeah. the end of the world. There are yeah. I tell like I tell you there are no garden police, there are no <laughs> dahlia police. Just yeah. Just try. <laughs> well, it's so funny because as I as I read started your chapter on dahlias, actually it may have been earlier in the book you mentioned about digging up that you that you're supposed. I'm using air quotations right, now. Right. <laughs> that you're supposed to dig up the tubers, and I thought, oh, we planted dahlias last year and we didn't plant the tubers. I guess I I did that wrong. <laughs> and uh, and then I got to the other the next chip, you know, the, the later chapter that oh, said, good. don't dig them up if you don't want to. And yeah, the truth, and here's the story. It. I don't want to dig up the Dahlia tubers. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you don't back, have great. to. Yeah. <laughs> I um, love it. <laughs> and they may come back in two years instead of next year. right? They might. Yeah. And I think actually you have a good chance that they'll, that they'll come back and surprise you. Gardens are full of surprises. Oh, good, 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 good surprise. Some bad surprises, but a lot of good surprises. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's right. I mean, I think the first couple of years, it felt like there were more bad surprises than good yeah. surprises. Yeah. And then as the years go on, there's more good surprises than yeah. bad surprises. 
Yeah. And then there are also some years where I'm sure there are years in my future of lots of heartache yeah. uh, with bad weather or whatever, but, yeah. but that's, that has been, it, it's also been so fun to see that um, the possibility of incremental improvement, right. You know, the, this, this yellow clay that is seems like yeah. it's never going to yeah. get better. It finally gets better. It does slowly. Yeah. 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 Gardening is really mostly about tending your soil more than your plants. Just take care of your soil and then good things will grow. Yeah. Um, Is there a a writing insight uh, or a creative work insight out of that? Because this, of course, is (laughs) a... I, I have to bring this back around to writing or, yeah. or we'll be in trouble. <laughs> or why are we here? Yeah. You know, actually, I think there is because I feel like I get into trouble with writing when I, when I jump ahead and I focus too much on the big concept, the big idea. I'm going to do this big thing. I'm going to, I'm going to write this great book. I'm going to, you know, and that's, that's fun. That's important to, to dream in that way. But then if I'm not willing to just sort of stop and sit down and write the little words and do the daily practice and, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and, and that I think is for me tending the soil mm. that, you know, daily I'm reading good things. Uh, I'm reading poetry, like reading poetry is one way for me that I feel like I need to tend to the, the soil by, by regularly mm-hmm. reading poetry. I need that discipline. Uh, I need to be sitting down most days and, and writing out a few words like that is, that is tending the soil that might, it might not feel like that little thing I'm writing today is leading me toward the big glamorous book I want to do or yeah. whatever it is, but, but it is, it is. Yeah. So that focus, not on the end result plant flower thing, but just that the sort of more, more brown, boring, dirty <laughs> thing, I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to a boy, a, a young man yesterday who just graduated from college and he's, mm-hmm. he was interested in writing. He's like, but you know, I feel like I'm behind because I didn't major in mm-hmm. creative writing. And, you know, I, I was, I was so interested in, in uh, you know, kind of nature and fishing and things like that, and and I feel like I'm kind of behind. I'm like, man, that's that's where the you got to have something to write about, right? And and the that feels like tending the soil too, sort of sort of filling your filling oh, your absolutely your cup, not with you know writing advice or whatever, but yeah. but with I mean, I think the 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 class in, that I took in college that that had the biggest influence on my writing was a geology class. Oh, that makes sense. When I realized sense. the yeah. world is telling stories all the time. Yes. And, and, and you yes. walk by a road cut and you see what happened here. You know, you look yeah. at that physical evidence and you understand some, that it's static, but you understand some motion that happened mm-hmm. to create that, that static snapshot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has, you know, it wasn't freshman English that, that taught me how yeah. to tell stories. It, it was yeah. things like that. that yeah. That I, you know, I think that, that's relevant yeah. to our observation. about. I think it is. Yeah. Cause I'm even just now realizing that like gardening and writing, especially the writing of books have gone absolutely hand in hand. I knew before moving here, I, I wanted to shift from an academic career to a more creative writing uh, uh-huh. work, but I didn't know what, I didn't know what I was going to write about. I didn't really know what, what, what is my thing? What, what am I going to do with words? And I yeah. moved here and started tending this place and growing gardens and found that I had so much to say and that mm-hmm. this is really what mm-hmm. I wanted to write about. And so the, I could, I, I, I don't know if I could have had the one without the other. It was that lived experience that was now 
giving me, you know, it's like, they're just, they're just working together hand in hand. And, and another reason I just feel so grateful. Yeah. Um, okay. One couple more, we're, we're about to run out of time, but I've got a couple of things I want to talk to you about. One is the idea of division, yeah. of dividing yeah. that, that you, um, uh, well, I'll let you talk about it. instead of me trying to explain division, you talk about division and why and why you found it interesting. Yeah, and yeah. you know, it is such an important garden practice and it scared me for a long time because it seems like work. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a theme in my life. I just want to take it easy, but yeah, right. you know, work scares me. But it turns out like gardens, especially perennial plants, are so generous that um, they need to be dug up. And literally divided like with a garden knife or a sharp spade. Sometimes you can be tender, but usually you don't need to be. You just need to chop that big old root ball in, in three parts or, you know, or more. And then you replant those parts. And very quickly in the spring, they are just putting down roots. And they're, they're, they, now you have three or four plants that are growing even more vigorously than that one was before. So this is so generative and so exciting really like free plants um but it 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 does take that willingness to just take the time to dig in and get a little sweaty and wrestle that root ball root ball out of the ground and and do the work and trust Um, the process because it doesn't process because it it looks yeah it looks like you're just killing the thing (laughs) and you know you usually if there's already green growth you might want to kind of cut that back so that the new plants are focused on the roots and not Uh. trying to sustain this top growth and so it really looks bad (laughs) first (laughs) and you know each each plant has its own you know little methods for for division but more or less that's what it is and Mm -hmm. um like what a glorious thing to know that you're just by participating like this thing is just i don't know i think of jesus like breaking the the bread and the fish and how it's just in that 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 um that sacrificial breaking and the blessing over it like now it's feeding and feeding and feeding so many i just think like this is a metaphor but this is a real thing in our world yeah. this is how the world works yeah. don't be afraid of it like this this is where you know good things come and and yeah. jesus showed us the way and here it's literally true in my garden yeah yeah and in and in the creative work you know, it's as you, as you sort of put the ideas out there, yeah. you don't have fewer ideas. It's, it's, no. it, it multiplies. And so it does. it's yeah. so tempting to, to steward your, you know, okay, I've got this, I've got this idea. I want to, I'm yeah. thinking about sticking to this essay, but maybe I should save it for another essay. Yeah. But you know, there's always more where, there's wherever that idea more. came from, there's always more where that came from. And, yeah. and I thought about that as you, yeah. as you divide these, these plants yeah. and you've, it feels sacrificial for them. Yeah. You know, tear this thing apart, yeah. and and there's just more, and that abundance. Yeah, um, and they're like healthier for it. Like the mm-hmm. the original plant will start to decline if you don't do uh-huh. this. Like it's like like begging you, dig me up, share me, you know, yeah. <laughs> spread me around. Yeah, and and if you don't do it, it's it's going to suffer. It's not going to be quite as good. So there is something about that stinginess in our creativity that that isn't serving anyone least of all us yeah yeah i uh, talked was talking to someone the other day who his brother had a willow tree mm-hmm. and so he took a branch of the willow ah. and planted his willow tree in his yard yeah. and, and that grew yeah and then the first brothers 
original willow tree died. Died. Uh-huh. And so he took a, a piece <gasps> off of the, the that willow tree and planted that again. And that's, so now they're that's gorgeous. Yeah. It's it's this wow. the same willow tree just kind of going around back and forth yeah. between his brothers. Wow, so. wow, wow. That's gorgeous. Okay. Uh I want to hear about your um Black Barn Garden Club. That's right. Yes, yes. I have this online gardening community and and it really is it's for i always say it's for aspiring gardeners <laughs> or uh-huh. experienced gardeners yeah. uh, all levels welcome but i have found as i was trying to get into gardening and learn about gardening you would think we have like we have all the information at our fingertips on the internet but it is like trying to learn while a fire hose is blasting mm-hmm. in your face it just feels impossible and so yeah i've really loved cultivating this this community um the past year or so because we need we need community for all kinds of reasons. We know that, yeah. but yeah. gardeners really need it to help one another sort of sift through all like the too much information, contradictory information, and just have the confidence of another gardener saying, you know what? I tried this. Why don't you try this? Or have you yeah. thought about this? And to be yeah. in it together. It's also become a place where I get to like drop into teacher mode and you know, uh-huh. I, share, I share weekly videos, like kind of uh-huh. teaching from my garden or giving tips yeah. or, you know, I get to, to write up about my favorite plants or um, yeah. things I've learned. And so it, yeah. I'm just realizing actually, as I'm saying this, it's, it has been a way of me kind of dividing my, the knowledge I have gained over the years and sort of sharing it in that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that to know that. I think that's why I've been loving it so much. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, it's such a great idea for a membership site. I, I think it's. I'm glad. Uh, I, I love that you're doing it. You know, I, I run a membership site too, and it's a it's such a neat a neat way to help people gather yeah. around a, a yeah. shared a shared interest and a shared love. And so I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're doing that. And yeah. um, you don't. Uh, it's not always open to new members, but it is right, right. now. Right. It is right now. Yeah, blackbarngardenclub.com. And okay. uh, yeah, I'll put a link in the. That'd in be the show great. Yeah, yeah, we're open right now, especially with the Garden Maker book just coming out. I feel like more people. I, my hope is that they'll read the book and think, oh, "I want this. Yeah. I can do this." Yeah. But then, if you need a little more support, come on into the Garden Club. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, okay, I always I typically end with the question, "Who are the writers that make you want to write?" But I want to do a special edition. Talk to us about catalogs, mm. books, um, and, you know, cat, I have, I have mixed feelings. I have a sort of a, a complicated relationship with this, with the seed catalogs because I love them. I love looking at them. And then, you know, I, I'm always telling writers, don't compare your draft uh, to, right. the, to the finished edited book of, you know, and yeah. that's what I feel like I'm doing. Like I, I, yeah. Everything looks so easy when you look, look mm-hmm. at the seed catalog and then they it's don't true. mention that you, you know, you can't do this in a shady yard in Tennessee, you know? Yeah. Oh, you know, I have a great recommendation actually for writers, really, because one of my favorite catalogs, you may know it, is Seed Savers Organization. I love that catalog. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's because they're selling all these heirlooms and they're telling the stories yeah. of this tomato or this squash. And yeah. they're inviting people to like swap seeds and share seeds. And so now it's a community. Yeah. And so, and it's such plus, a generous feeling. It is. Yeah. Catalog. So I, I really love that one. And then I think, um, in, in terms of gar- gardener writer models, uh, I really love Monty Don. So oh. he is he is known as like the British 
yeah. gardening guru and he yeah. has his show Gardener's World, which even here in the US we can watch streaming somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so I love his show. On, and on he has Box great books. Yes. Yep. I've got my BritBox subscription just for Gardener's World. But, but he has too. a lot of he has a lot of books. Um and uh so by his, the way, did you know that Monty Don used to be like a jeweler to the stars? <laughs> Yes. So I read he has a memoir about that whole period of his life and talk about failure. Like they, they were so successful and then they had massive failure and that's what led him to become a gardener. Yeah. Like he sold jewel encrusted jewels to Elton John and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And now he has has a jewel garden. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) So I love Monty Don. Can't recommend him enough. And his dogs. Oh, his dogs. I know. And the, was it sweet? Was it Nelly? No, it was. It was uh, Nigel who, Nigel. who recently died. Yeah, yeah, we all loved Nigel. Yeah, this dog we've never Spoiler met. Alert. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! Nigel dies. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. so good. Well, there's good good reading in the gardening world. I tell you, uh, yeah. So seed savers catalog in mm-hmm. Monty Don and Gardener's mm-hmm. World. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well. Thanks so much. This has been so much fun, Christy. It has. It has. I love talking with you. Thanks for a great conversation. Let's do it again soon. I hope so. The Habit Podcast is brought to you by The Rabbit Room, where art nourishes community and community nourishes art. To check out more of our podcasts, visit rabbitroom.com slash podcast. Our work at The Rabbit Room would be impossible without the generous support of our membership. If you'd like to learn more about membership at The Rabbit Room, visit rabbitroom.com slash member. And thanks for listening. The Habit Membership is a library of resources for writers by me, Jonathan Rogers. More importantly, The Habit is a hub of community where like-minded writers gather to discuss their work and give each other a little more courage. Find out more at thehabit.co.